Welcome, craft beer friends, to Season 6, Episode 24 of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce. I'm coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man and home brewer from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. Chris, how are you doing tonight? And of course, what is in your glass? Denny, I'm doing fantastic. I am excited to drink. Okay. <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> All right. Um, no, I'm doing really well. Uh, just had a long few couple of long couple of days. Um, just ready to chat about beer mm-hmm. and uh, enjoy some beer. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, in my glass tonight, I am drinking a beer from Cigar City Brewing from their El Catador Club okay. uh, called Stakhanov's Barley Wine, which is, is a bourbon barrel aged black barley wine style ale. Uh, bottle 96 of 1000. Mm. So, um, and kind of like I was mentioning before we started recording, it's, it's got barley wine flavor. There's some, the, the barrel flavor is, I think just right. It's not too overpowering. There's some sweetness there, but I'm also getting a lot of like chocolate flavor. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so, interesting. So I don't know if it's from, I would imagine it's from the malts, but yeah, um, it's uh, black barley wine. So yeah. um, I'm enjoying it. Whatever it is, I I just uh, rated it on Untapped, and I'm I'm gonna rate it. Oh wait, I'll talk about that later. Oh okay, <laughs> yeah, keep it a secret. Let's keep it. Yeah. Uh... I'm gonna keep it so much of a secret that I'm not gonna talk about it till next episode. Oh wow, next episode <laughs> cliffhanger. Three minutes in. Wow, yeah, you heard it, folks. <laughs> Learn about this beer next episode. You got to keep listening if you want to hear. Oh, good. What about you, Denny? How's your night going or how's your day going and what's in your glass today? Uh, it's going fantastic. And I also am looking forward to drinking. Well, I've already been drinking some beer. I started mm-hmm. early. Mm-hmm. Uh, How early? Uh, and, well, you know what? It was only about 4.30 when I started drinking my first beer. And it's 6.30 my time now. So it's only been two hours I've been drinking. But still, you know, I've had a few beers. Uh, they've been lighter ones, so I'm not, you know, too ripped. I'm not drinking barley wines or or triple IPAs or anything, but uh, but yeah, I'm, no time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just felt like uh, sir, I got I got home from work uh, a little bit early. I was doing some work from home, and then I I got done, and I said, you know what, it's beer time. And Sarah's like, all right, let's drink. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna turn her down. I can't. I gotta keep my wife happy. So I started yeah. drinking. At four thirty, do what you're told. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm a, I'm a good husband. I do what I'm told. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but right now I've changed it up. I was drinking some uh, lagers and a little bit of uh, actually I was drinking lagers and golden ales. That's been my go-to, you know, during the summer, the spring summer uh, time right now. But uh, I've changed it up a little bit. I'm not going to talk too much about this beer because I will talk about it later. But I am drinking the Deschutes Brewery Neon Daydream Hazy Ale. And I'll just leave it at that because I don't want to uh, spoil our new and noteworthy beer section that's up and coming. So like you, keep the listener wanting to listen. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get the show started. But, you know, Chris, before we start talking about beer, I always like to give new listeners a little bit of, you know, upfront of what, what Tap to Craft podcast is all about. And we are an educational podcast. And you're going to find out how educational we are because we're going to be, you know, talking in the second part of a, a very uh, – interesting and uh, topic in my opinion but uh, we like to focus around all things 
that celebrate craft beer because we want to help all of our listeners along in their craft beer journeys and, of course, their adventures in craft beer. And you're listening to episode 154. We're recording on Monday, June 15th, 2020, and it is my my friend Sean's uh, birthday today. Happy birthday, buddy. Uh, you know, he's... Uh, you know, he's my age. He's just a few days older than me, though. He's an old man. But, uh, yep. but happy birthday. And Those extra couple days do uh, do solidify that old man tagline. It does. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I always give him a bad time that he's just over the hill. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, but I'm, you're on the other <laughs> side of it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so in this episode, we are going to discuss our second part of our deep dive. This time I'm going to say it is a deep dive because I really went in and, and, and pulled out some good information on brewer's yeast. Uh, the second part of this conversation, we talk about nutritional requirements. Believe it or not, yeast requires nutrients to be able to flourish and be able to make that beer the best it can. Something that I don't think, at least I didn't realize how important that was until I, I researched this topic. And of course, along with those neutral, uh, nutritional requirements, there are going to be some byproducts that happen when that yeast is in there eating those sugars. Uh, and we're going to talk about those byproducts. Some are good, some are bad, uh, but uh, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of these byproducts that happen during the brewing process that make beer beer. And of course, you can count on Chris and I having some great conversation along the way. And let's get this conversation started because now it's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to Untapped. So, Chris, well, are you ready? I'm ready, but I Megan just walked in and brought me a big crowler from Escape Brewing Company mm. in Trinity, Florida, with their strawberry lemon sour. So oh. bear with me one moment. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. That is oh it's yeah. super sour. <laughs> um, lemony, <laughs> but that's good. At least she experienced it. <laughs> All right. Mm. It's I like it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, you got thirty-two There's... ounces. Don't let don't let Megan drink it all. No, she's that. That, it felt like it was mostly gone. She uh, <laughs> it was like she took most of it. But there's a whole second crowler of it in the beer fridge. Oh, wow! You guys are gonna be busy tonight. Yeah, drinking yeah. beer, barley wine, sours. It's <laughs> <laughs> not like right. a gut ache. <laughs> yeah, well, this one, this one. If I drank too much of it, that would, that would have been a definite upset stomach. So. Yeah. Uh, but what is everybody drinking on Untapped? So. Uh, don't forget, guys, if you want to be featured in our Untapped the Craft segment, follow me on Untapped at MCK1345. And we are going to start out with Mr. Mark Church drinking a few beers at Seven Arrows Brewing Company in Waynesboro, Virginia. And he's checking into a couple of things down there. One is their Skyline Lager, and they're also their Falls Ridge Vienna Lager, uh, which is actually right near where my aunt and uncle live. Um, <clears throat> so he rated both of those four caps, wrote nice for one, like it on the other. So <laughs> checking out a few beers there. Um, the next one, a little better, four and a quarter caps, uh, which was their Spindrift Maybach. All right, getting the Maybach in there. Uh, favorite of the flight so far, Fruity Sweet, I think, my first Maybach surprising hmm. that would be his first my box um so mark i uh, don't know if i'm going to read all of yours i'm going to check on the the biggest and the best so one more the sour apple 2020 which is i would imagine it's uh, some sort of goes a, a fruited sour <laughs> um 
Come on, click the right tabs. You can do this. There we go. And he writes, I like this so much, I needed to check it in. Well, yeah, Mark, you need to check them all in that you try. <laughs> uh, taste the apples with just the right amount of sourness. Four and a half caps. He is moving up in the rating as he's drinking. Oh, Mr. Kevin Page, my friend, you are hanging out in North Carolina in Black Mountain, North Carolina. And he is drinking... Where did it go? Uh, the Inner Tube by Burial Beer Company. Um, it looks like a lager from the can art on the front of the picture. And he gave that one five caps hmm. for the Inner Tube by Burial Beer Company. And he writes, Crease, Crumple, Cram, you'll do fine, Daniel K. I have no idea what that means, but, you know, hey. Inside whatever. joke, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Crease, crumple, cram it. You'll do fine, Daniel. Um, next on the list is going to be Mr. Jeff Seiler. He's drinking a Chill Wave Double IPA by Great Lakes Brewing Company. Great beer. <laughs> uh, great Double IPA, he writes. Mosaic hops uh, and honey malt like Hopslam's little brother. It's got a little age on it, but still tasty. Got this marked down to seven bucks for a four pack. Damn, how much age was on that? <laughs> um, it pays to know the owner of your local beer store. Okay, we'll give you a, give you a pass on that one, but he still rated it four and a quarter caps for that beer. That would be another one I would like to try again because um, I remember when they first started making that beer and I rated it, uh, I didn't rate it. Oh, I tried it, but I didn't rate it. And I tried that back in 2015. So I uh, something tells me my tastes have changed since then, because I tried something new the other day that I didn't like. Oh, the Florida Man IPA from Cigar City. Oh, you you didn't like I, that one? No, no, no. I love that oh, one okay. now. Um, I remember trying it back when they first started making that one. Oh, okay. That was before we lived here. And got a bottle of it it actually came in i want to say it came in a bomber okay. either way um i i didn't like it so much then but uh i had one the other day man it was so good um uh, so much so that i would really like to get more of it i think there's two more cans in the fridge that I, i'll probably be buying that even over highlight wow and uh that was, that was a good beer all right so enough about me let's go back to the untapped the craft Got to continue the, the check-in streak with Mr. Chad LaMassa drinking a shoestring by Alecraft Brewery. And right simply, I like it. Uh, <laughs> four and a quarter caps for that beer. Um, next on the list, Hunter Graham is drinking a Buddy Brew by Griffin Claw Brewing Company. Uh, four and three quarter caps. No notes on there. Um, let's see. Who else do we have? Jeff Seiler. Hmm. Jeff, you've been you've been checking into these pretty regularly. I think you did this one on purpose at just <laughs> this time. Jeff Seiler drinking a focal banger by the oh, Alchemist. Oh man, he's um, rubbing he it writes. In. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we read his last one. He uh, last last episode we read Hetty Topper for mm -hmm, him. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Anyway, he writes another great IPA from the Alchemist: Mosaic and Citra. Amazing tropical and citrus aroma, tropical and citrusy flavor with a lingering hop bitterness. Would love to have this on draft at the brewery in Vermont, four and a half caps. I guess we're just going to have to add Vermont to the list of trips that we're going to have to go to. Yeah. Um, next on the list is going to be Art War Check drinking a Mirage 
by Branch and Bone Artisan Ales. Uh, no notes, but gave it four and a quarter caps for that beer. Um, what happened? My computer just decided to have a little seizure. Uh-oh. Okay, there we go. Um, <laughs> we're back. Um, Mark Church again drinking a 420 strain G13 by Sweetwater Brewing Company. And I get where he's saying with this one. He just writes, dank. Dank, yeah. uh, (laughs) 3.75 caps on that one. Any of their 420 strains, it smells like a certain kind of herb if you're not Mm. familiar. Mm, Um, uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I'm sure the beer's a little sticky, too. (laughs) And then (laughs) then, uh, Hunter Graham is drinking all five by Five Shores Brewing. He's drinking that at Untapped at Home. Uh, are you still checking into Untapped at Home, Denny? I, I am. When I actually drink new beers, which aren't, yeah, you know, not not a lot of new beers coming through my my Untapped right now. But yeah, still am. Well, that's a shame. All right. Well, four <laughs> caps for that one. And then last but not least, Eric Gronley oh. drinking a Fugazi by Blackstack Brewing Ooh. at GHQ, wherever that happens to be. And he writes, "Just a well done Pilsner, crisp, refreshing, dry finish." Really glad I grabbed a four pack of this one and gave it four and a quarter caps. And that's what everybody's drinking, Denny. Okay. Did you say that was named Fugazi? Fugazi. Like like the band? Uh like the punk band? Maybe. Wow. Nice. I have to look that one up. I didn't see uh I haven't been on tapped. Uh but yeah. Yeah, It doesn't really give uh a whole lot of uh, notes on it just says Italian style pills dry hopped accordingly with uh, Czech Kazbek. It's the real deal. Now okay. it's ch- yeah. the real deal. Hey, now, now I'm going to have to dig into that a little yeah. bit. So that's what everybody is drinking. Okay. Well done. Well done. A lot of beers that I haven't had. So that's always good to hear stuff I've never had before. Mm-hmm. It makes me just put a wish list together that's like a mile long. Here to the moon in beers I want to drink. (laughs) All right. Well, talk about beers that I want you guys to drink. Let's go into our new and noteworthy beers. And I'll start it off because Chris needs to, you know, lubricate his mouth a little bit with some beer because he's got done talking up a storm. (laughs) So I'll go ahead and start. Now, I already mentioned uh, I'm drinking right now the the Deschutes Brewery Neon Daydream Hazy Ale. And this is one of my noteworthy beers. it's not like a beer that just knocks your socks off like it's the best thing ever, but I'll tell you what, this thing is really um, lighter. It's a session ale that is really flavorful and easy to drink. 4.8% alcohol, 35 B, uh, IBUs, not very not very high there. Uh, it says it's a, a luminous, luminous guys, lucid waters, keep daydreaming, explore the unexpected, with this style-defying ale that's glowing with the citrus hoppy goodness, and it is glowing because it's you know it's it's hazy, hazy uh, uh, straw color, uh, and it's 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 like a hazy sessionable IPA, but not too much on the hazy. It just has that nice citrus uh, finish to it, and and a soft like a softer pillowy mouthfeel that just is nice to drink, easy going. Uh, I find myself pounding these things. I, I've, I think I'm on my third six pack since we last recorded. Um, it's just an easy drinker and it's, it's in the hoppy beer range. 
but it doesn't like kill your gut. You know, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying being able to drink, you know, two or three of these a night and, and, and be, you know, and not feel like I'm overdoing the, the hop. So, uh, I gave this one a four cap, no, 3.75 cap rating. So it's just under four. Uh, but so yeah, if you can get the, this is a, uh, a limited release. So if, if you're hearing this now and you get the shoots brewery beers in your area, go out and find it before it's gone. Cause this is a, a limited release. It's not going to be around for very much. But I got a couple of those on deck right here to drink tonight. Uh, and, and I only have one more noteworthy beer. I, I haven't been drinking a lot of new stuff. I've been drinking a lot of comfort beer. Um, I've been drinking, and I'll tell you, I've been drinking the, uh, White Dog Brewing, another local Boise, uh, brewery here close to me. Uh, their Irish stout is just incredible. I love that beer and it's been on sale for $7.99 a six pack. What? Oh my gosh. And I have just been picking up six pack after six pack because it's super cheap and so good and is like the perfect beer right now to hit you. It's a nice dark beer, but it's not too heavy, right? It's kind of like a lighter, it's an Irish stout. So it just, it's, I don't know, it just tastes great, lighter on the palate, but has that, has some of that roasty malt character that I really want right now, but I don't really want to drink those big giant Russian Imperial stouts that I really love. Uh, it, it's great. And $7.99, man, you can't go wrong for a six pack at $7.99. So yeah, that's just one of the beers. Plus, I already told you I've been drinking summer ales and, and golden ales and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been going crazy on that because I just, I just love the lighter stuff right now. But the other beer, talking about lighter stuff, uh, I picked up a, a sampler pack from, I know, Sellout Brewery, New Belgium. Uh, and I'm, it's, I'm still in denial that they sold out, but because uh, I, I still love that brewery. I think they do some great stuff. But I bought a sampler pack. It had a couple Voodoo Ranger uh, IPAs in it, the liquid, I think the liquid, uh, mm, Voodoo Liquid IPA, I think was one of them, and the regular Voodoo Rain. Ranger IPA, uh, or whatever it was called. Uh, but it also had, was it the liquid paradise? Yeah. Liquid paradise. That one, which is really nice. That one has a, uh, I really like that beer. It's, 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 uh, it's got some good flavor, but it also has a good, you know, bite to it. Um, but there was two loggers that I had, well, one logger that I had before, uh, night shift, which is a American logger, which is a good, good logger. But it also had one I hadn't had before called the New Belgium Brewing Mountain Time Premium Lager. And I'll tell you what, man, I drank those three lagers that were in that, uh, that six, that 12 pack. I drank those things like right away. They were super easy to drink, nice flavor, really refreshing, crisp, everything you want in a, in a good American lager, premium lager at that. Uh, so hey, if you guys can, you know, get New Belgium and you see, the sampler pack out there that has this mountain time premium lager in it. Hey, pick it up. If you want something that's just a, a really good drinking, flavorful, a little bit of corniness to it, uh, lager, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And I think you guys will enjoy it. So I gave this one a four cap rating. So again, no fives or, or you know, above four, but I got two decent ratings for uh, some beers from breweries, from bigger breweries out there that, uh, that are around the nation. So Chris, how about you? What is your new, and noteworthy beers for this show. Yeah. I was saying that you know the rule with uh, breweries that quote unquote sell out is just the just as long as you know they still make good beer. It's okay to enjoy. Okay, yeah, exactly. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So <laughs> I did a lot of beer drinking. Oh, in the past couple of weeks, most mostly because, uh, you know, our restrictions here in the Tampa area um, are not as strict as other states. So Megan and I were actually in a brewery, two of them to be exact, uh, over the last couple of days. Um, and one of them was Cigar City. And it was just because we wanted to go check out their new restaurant that they had opened up because it used to be that they were just a brewery and they had a food truck and mm-hmm. it was great. Uh, but now they are a, f- a restaurant, they are a brewery, um, and their new place looks absolutely fantastic. So um, if you guys get the chance to come out here, this is definitely a cool place to check out. And their beers, I feel that their beers have even improved in the last year or two as well. So Nice. I've got I've got beers from Cigar City that I want to talk a little bit about, and then I've got beers from a friend's brewery like three minutes down the street that I definitely want to talk about okay. because she is making some fantastic stuff. Um, anyway, so from Cigar City, a couple we had Paloma Goza, which was just a really citrusy, light and easy drinking Goza that we ended up giving a four cap rating to. Megan ordered this one, but um, I. I got as many sips of it out of out of it as I could, and it was just absolutely fantastic. Kind of grapefruity, uh, a little tart with some salt in there, uh, and it was pretty fantastic to go with with dinner. Mm. Um, and then they had Hunapu from 2019 and 2020 on tap. So because they didn't get to uh, have Hunapu Day, so they had to do something with all the beer that they <laughs> brewed. So. We got to try the 2019 version and the 2019 version. Um, the 2019 version was good. Uh, four and a quarter <laughs> caps that I gave that. Yeah. But the 2020 version was even better. Uh, four and a half caps I gave for that beer. And I think I even wrote best batch in quite a while. Oh, really? Because um, like 2017, 18, it was kind of meh. Uh, but 2019 and 20 were both beers that I would I would enjoy drinking. So okay. good on them. Uh, that sounds like that they're, uh, they've kind of stepped up their beer game a little bit. Well, wait, before you go on. Mm-hmm. So what, okay. What made it the 2020 just a little bit better than the 19? What, what, what did you pull out of there that, that said, Hey, this is a better beer. There was a little more chocolate. Um, and there was also, it was much, it was smoother. Okay. Right. So the the 2019 had a little bit more of that boozy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even barrel aged, but it was just kind of. Um, it's just a, a boozy, thick, sticky, just sip. Right. You, you yeah. take a drink of it, um, and there's that just kind of thick, um, almost pastry stout kind of beer uh, flavors and characteristics. But the 2020, I took that first sip and it was like, it was surprising. It was really good. Mm. Um, because in the past, I I think you and I have talked about it where it was like, eh, Hunapoo is just kind of mediocre anymore. Mm. I don't really search it out. It's, you know, it's, it's ran its course. No, 2020, I would actually enjoy having a bottle of. All right. Well, good. So, but yeah, it was very smooth, a uh, little chocolatey, definitely with the cinnamon and, and, um, uh, and the chilies, it was really well done. That beer was so four and a half caps for the 2020. So, but I'm really much more excited to talk about the next 
uh, brewery where we went was called Three Bulls Brewery and Tavern. Uh, my good friend Tracy and her husband Jim own this brewery, which is, I don't know, if I rode my bike, I could probably get there in about five or six minutes. Okay. So, um, but Tracy is very big, and Tracy is their head brewer. Tracy is very big on the beer-flavored beer. Yes. Uh, and I was talking to her husband about that because this was the first time that I've ever got to try any of her beers because right after she started brewing, COVID happened. Mm. <laughs> and um, It's finally great that we were able to get down there and try some of the beers on tap, and everything she made was just so crisp and clean nice. and just it was oh my gosh it was perfect even even her saison and i'm not a huge fan of saisons <laughs> uh, but this one was terrific some citrus um just some earthy notes in there and it was really good that so much i rated it 3.75 and that's from a guy who doesn't like a saison wow. uh, i would probably order that again um but she also had they had some other things on tap that they were out of but the had four beers on tap that they were left i said cool well, let me I'll just take a flight of everything you got. So she had an ESB of all things, uh, a Scottish ale and a brown porter. Mm. And I don't know if it was just the fact that we were finally sitting in a restaurant eating <laughs> food. Oh, and the fact that it was our anniversary oh, that's, uh, dinner. Yeah, yeah. Um, that didn't hurt things, but man, were those beers so good. Uh, I I was talking to her husband cause her husband works, works there too. And we were just chit-chatting. Um, he bought us a beer. Uh, thank you, Jim, for the, the beer that you you guys gave us for our anniversary. But I, it was it was beer-flavored beer, and I can't stress that enough, like, to the style. Like, her Scottish ale wasn't this huge, over-the-top, like, caramel malt bomb. It was just, it was simple. It was like 4.6%, something you could sit there and have a couple of and not just get absolutely bombed over <laughs> and just enjoy the caramel notes that came out of it from the malt and, and some of the, you know, the hops in the other beer, they were just really enjoyable. And even the ESB, um, Megan asked me, she was like, why don't we ever get ESBs? And I was Nobody like, well, you it. don't really find them too often. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and this, damn, this one was a good one. So I'm really excited uh, about all the beers that she's making. And I text her on a pretty, pretty regular basis and go, hey, anytime you need somebody to come taste your beer, mm-hmm. you let me know. I, yeah. I'll, I'll ride on over and we'll, we'll try them out. Nice. So, Official so beer So I was really more excited about all those. Be- yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it for free. <laughs> um, so the ESB, the Scottish Ale, and the Brown Porter all got four cap ratings. Nice. Um, and just in my in kind of notes for them. I wrote just really good beer flavored beer. Uh, so I'm super excited to see what they continue to put out. And their Saison 3.75 from a guy who just doesn't like Saisons on a regular basis. So super excited about all those beers. And I'm really, like I said, looking forward to seeing what else she's going to put out. Um, she has for their first anniversary, um, which is right around July 4th, they have a, a Belgian, uh, Belgian, double a triple and some other things coming out that i'm gonna get over there and make sure i try well good yeah you know what uh her brewery sounds very similar to what the brewery i really enjoy here in the boise area that clairvoyant brewing uh Mm -hmm. i mean they do the same thing they you know they they offer beer styles that most breweries don't brew and they do it 
in a really well done manner that just makes you want to come and drink more of their of these styles, right? ESB, uh, Scottish Ales. I mean, nobody's doing those beers, and and even a brown porter. Uh, I mean, it's, it's nice to see things that are different from the you know the normal staples in when you find in a beer like in a brewery like IPA, IPA, pale ale, pale ale, mm-hmm. and then maybe a stouter American porter. You know, you might yeah. get lucky. But uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I'm, I'm excited. Oh. You have a new neighborhood brewery you can go hang out with. You know, anytime you and want. And she just listed their cream ale. On oh, tap, nice. Uh, pretty recently, still says new on Untapped. So, okay. uh, yeah, these these guys are putting out some awesome stuff. So I'm gonna have to run down there, grab a beer, and then I can come home. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm envious of you. I'm envious. That's good. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, those are our new and noteworthy beers for the last couple of weeks. I hope you guys are able to go and try some of these beers. Uh, let's get into some feedback. Uh, no uh, voicemails. Uh, and then we only, only had, you know, a little bit of feedback. Again, we're still in the COVID, uh, you know, crisis where people just really aren't doing much in podcasts. Uh, but, we're, hey, we're still here. You guys can catch up. You know, I'm sure if you listen to this now, uh, two months from now, it's still relevant. Don't worry. still relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did get some feedback from a listener, Eric Gronley. We mentioned him in the untapped segment. Uh, he sent us a couple emails, uh, a couple emails with craft beer articles in them. Uh, one on how a, a craft beer guy fell out of love with, with hazy IPAs uh, because, it, you know, that we've kind of, I mean, Chris and I have talked about the fact that, uh, you know, that, hey, you know, it's getting... You know, there's just a lot of hazies out there, and and right now, pretty much everything is IPAs, and then on top of that, hazy IPAs. And I know people are getting tired of it. And we also mentioned the fact that Hopburn, with these breweries brewing these beers way too uh, quickly, and not you know easing off some of that uh, that negative effects, uh, really is a bummer. And I think this article covered not only those. Uh, items but also a lot more it's a very lengthy article that had a lot of valid points in there and i think that chris and i will save some of those points to bring up in a later episode because it was just too much we already have a, a pretty packed show uh today but uh he the second article he provided is is called 10 great intro to ca- to craft beers for the hop adverse so again i we i always like to talk about beers that either you as a new craft beer drinker might find uh, a way to, to dive into other styles that you may not uh, be familiar with styles that, you know, that aren't necessarily hoppy. So if you're not into the, that big hop character, these are other styles that have, uh, you know, different, um, you know, different things going on with them. And, you know, Chris already mentioned some of the styles, you know, ESB and, and, uh, and, and Scottish shells, you know, those are styles that aren't normally, uh, you know, brewed in breweries these days. And those are, you know, again, two styles that are great for people that just don't really enjoy the hop character. So, uh, so whether you're new to craft beer or you just, uh, you know, you're well established in craft beer, but you want to kind of see about diving into other styles that, you know, are a little bit different from what you are currently drinking. These articles are great. And it's always good to refresh, you know, what the newer beers that are coming out. Now, Anyone that's listened to the show for a while, you're going to notice that some of these beer styles that they, and beers and beer styles that we're mentioning are repeats of things that we've talked about in the past because they never, as long as you're still producing them, they're still going to be valid 
beer styles and beers that people are, you know, can definitely go out and drink. So, um, let's see. The author included a wide variety of approachable styles from a few different U.S. brewing, brewing regions. And he also added some alternatives that one might seek out if these beers aren't available in your area. And this article was by Jim Vorrell. Uh, and we and it was off of uh, pacemagazine.com. So just to give credit to where uh, this article. Now, Chris and I are going to just talk about the 10. There's 10 different beer styles and some beers associated with them. We're not going to go into detail. There's a, there's details in the article. So if you want to, to dive in deeper to this article, please uh, click the link. Go to the link that's on the show notes. And you'll be able to go and read about all these different beers and get more uh, in-depth in it. But we're just going to go ahead and talk about them just to get the, the beers out there and just whet your appetite to go read the article. So that's what we're going to do. And I'll start it off. And the first uh, beer and style is uh, Vine, Vine Stefana. Stefana. Well, how do you say that? Vine, Vine, Vine Stefaner. Vine Stefaner, yes. Vine Stefaner Hefeweizen. Or he, uh, Hefeweiss beer. Hefeweiss beer. Yeah. So it's a it's a Hefeweizen. It's a it's a hazy wheat beer, uh, and this is a staple in German wheat beers. If you really want to dive into German wheat beers, this is the beer to go drink. It is really easy drinking, very flavorful, nice beer. Uh, so that's you know that's that's one you want you know you want to try. It's not going to have any hops in there, a very very few. You're not going to have a big hop profile, um, but. Because that is an import coming in from Germany, you're, you may not find it in your area. You'll find it in some bigger bottle shops, but you may not find it in your local uh, grocery store or anything. But there's some other ones you might find. Uh, so the alternatives to that one is Sierra Nevada's Keller Weiss. And I love this beer. That Keller Weiss beer is really, really good. Whenever I see it come into, uh, you know, into stock in the store shelves, I go ahead and grab a six-pack of it. Uh, it's really easy drinking, a great, uh, you know, uh, wheat beer, light, lighter wheat beer. Also, Boulevard Brewing Unfiltered Wheat, another good one. I thought of uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, so that's some wheat beers if you want to go into the wheat, the German wheat style. Uh, the second uh, on our list is Anchor Brewing Company's Steam Beer. And we've talked about steam beer on the show. We actually did, uh, you know, or John and I did a, a segment on steam beer and Anchor uh, early on in the show. So go back and find uh, our episode on that if you want to have a deep dive into the California Common and, and Steam Beer style. Uh, and there's no alternatives because that's the style kind of in its own. There are some other beers or breweries that do some Steam Beers uh, styles. Um, but, they're, you know, I, I mentioned the Jim Dandy. When we interviewed Jim Dandy, uh, I, I had uh, – we, we trying to think. We talked about a Steam Beer that they – like a Steam Beer style – that they that they did. Uh, so there's some breweries that do it, but it's not well known. If you want to go get the real style, just go find Anchor Brewing's Steam Beer. Number three, Big Sky Brewing out of Montana or Wyoming. Shoot, I always get Montana. that. Is it Montana? Montana. I always yeah. get mixed up on which one it's from. So Montana, uh, you know, I've just been I've been drinking a ton of their sunny or summer honey honey. Summer Ale, whatever it's called, I've been drinking that like crazy. Really, uh, you know, good beers. But the the beer they're going to bring out here is a brown ale. You know how I love brown ale. This Moostrel. We've talked about Moostrel on this, this show. Yeah. Uh, what a great beer that uh, that you can dive into the brown ale style. It's it's lighter, 
flavorful, uh, a real nice beer. I, I drink this beer all the time. Uh, I really enjoy Moostrel. Uh, some alternatives you can't get Big Sky Brewing in your area, uh, Rogue Hazelnut Brown Ale. Now, uh, it, Hazelnut Brown is a good beer. I don't like hazelnuts, so that flavor isn't my favorite. I'd rather have Moostrel, which is more on the nut, like a, a regular nutty brown, not necessarily the hazelnut brown. Uh, and then there's Bell's Best Brown, another really good brown ale. I enjoy that one. And then um, Samuel Smith's, if you can get this coming in from England, Samuel Smith's Nut Brown Ale. Again, another very good nut brown ale. Uh, all those are good. I think you guys can uh, get the idea of that style. Uh, Allagash White, Allagash out of Maine uh, Brewing. They do a white, a Belgian white ale, which I have not had this beer yet. Still one of my uh, bucket list beers. But, man, everyone just loves this beer. And if you talk to our, our buddy Jim Kutzall, uh, you know, he and his wife Tara last summer went up to Maine and visited the brewery, and they want to go back when I go visit. They want to they want to tag team with, with Sarah and I and go visit the brewery and drink more of their great beer uh, from the brewery. But Allagash White, uh, if you want something that's on the white Belgian, Belgian white style ale, uh, this is a good good one to go with there. And the last one I'll talk about is from Great Lakes Brewing out of Michigan. Uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald. Cleveland. Oh, is Great Lakes out of Cleveland? Oh, my! you know what? I should know that. I was in Cleveland. Great Lakes out of Cleveland. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah, Sorry. the Vic. Edmund Fitzgerald is docked right in Cleveland. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm bad. I'm a bad, bad boy. I got you, Vic. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's a porter. Um, and some alternatives. It's a great porter. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. It, it, I mean, again, these beers are all beers that that are uh, top top of the list of, of people's list of of the style. So again, the Porter style, the Edmund Fitzgerald from Great Lakes. Alternative is Bell's Porter from Bell's Brewing. Founders Porter. Yeah, you know, I, I put that in there. I know Founders. You know, especially right now in the times, maybe people aren't drinking too much Founders. Uh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Schutz Black Butte Porter, my one of my favorite beers. I drink that. In fact, I I have some Black Butte Porter in my fridge right now because I always keep, uh, you know, uh, get a six pack, keep a, a few bottles in there because I love drinking that beer. And then uh, Anchors, uh, Anchor Brewing's Porter and Sierra Nevada's Porter. So there's a, a few different Porter styles that you can try that are in that lighter um, realm of uh, of Porter. Uh, so there's the first five. So Chris, why don't you go ahead and take the last five? I sure will. And I got to say, for that uh, that number five, that selection of porters, every single one of those is an extremely mm-hmm. good option. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was listening to you reading reading those, and I'm like, man, I'd like to have that. I know. Too. Like, oh, that'd be good. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh yeah. So good. Good choices for the uh, porter side. Uh, number six, Victory Brewing Company's Prima Pills. Mm-hmm. Right. So the uh, Victory, they're based out of Missouri? No, no, they're New York, I think. New York? Yeah, see? Of course, I, you know, I, I could be wrong because I'm just shooting from the hip. Shooting from the hip. All right. <laughs> so some alternatives could be uh, Firestone Walker's Pivo um, or um, the Lagunitas Pills, uh, Oscar Blue's Mama's Little Yellow Pills, or North Coast Scrimshaw. Um, and that Scrimshaw, oh. you guys did a tasting notes on that. Yeah, uh, we did. Down in, 
victory, Downington, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah, I was wrong. <sighs> it's Pennsylvania. See, I'm we're, I'm I'm not. I, I should just shut up. I sh- I should stop doing the show. Hey, you know what? Keep drinking. <laughs> You'll figure it out. <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, before and then, we go on, I, I want to say. Uh, North Coast Grimshaw Pilsner is fantastic. Now, I know it's not going to be all over the nation, so some people aren't going to be able to get it. But if this beer is in your area, go and you have never had it, go grab a six-pack. It is super good, easy drinking, low calorie. It's, a, it's one of those lower calorie, 95 or under 100 calorie beer. So it's lighter on the waistline, great flavor. Way better than than settling for uh, Michelob Ultra that has no flavor and you're just killing your liver for no reason. Go go kill your liver for a reason. For good reason. Yeah, yeah you have to have a purpose <laughs> behind it. Mm. Like this barley wine, it's delicious. Wow, you're still All drinking right, that thing. Uh, I'm at towards the probably the last four <laughs> to six ounces of this 22, 24 ounce okay. bottle. So yeah. Uh, at 11, 11.4%. We're, we're good. Um, number seven on the list, a Dunkel, which I'm, I like Dunkels, yeah. with a, which is a dark German lager uh, from Von Trapp Brewing, which is in Stowe, Vermont. Huh? Um, and then next, and they, they need to make more Dunkels too. Yeah. Yeah. I we agree. Need to see more of those. Um, next on the list, Boulevard Brewing Company, right? They're out of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Right? Didn't we talk about that? Yeah. Uh, Boulevard Brewing Company's Tank 7 Saison, which, as a guy who doesn't like Saisons, I do like that beer. I love that beer. I have a bottle right here on my <laughs> shelf because I look at it and I'm like, oh, I need to get another bottle of that. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um, some alternatives for that one could be the brewery Omegang's Hennepin. Also good. Uh, Allagash. Yeah, Allagash Saison and the Saison DuPont. Mm. Now, I think, oddly enough, Allagash has started distributing here in Florida. Oh, wow. Lucky you. I think. Uh, I think I did remember seeing some of uh, some of my friends checking in some beers around here for Allagash. It was, I know it's definitely a main brewery, and I think it was Allagash, so that would be pretty cool. All right, on to the next one. Number nine. It's a Doppelbach, Eyinger celeb- Celebrator. Celebrator yeah. Ce- Celebrator. Yeah. I want to call it Celebrator. You're probably right. Uh, so, probably yeah. Right. <laughs> the Eyinger Celebrator. <laughs> um, so, Doppelbach's, uh, again, another beer I wish uh, I saw more often. Like, you know, the Mybox and the Doppelbach and the, and the Dunkels. Nice, good German beers. All lagers, too, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Doppelbach yeah. is that one's really good. I really enjoy that one. Again, I have a bottle here on my shelf because it's it's shelf worthy. I haven't got rid of, you know, I I purge my shelves every year to get rid of some bottles, make room for new ones, and that one's still on my shelf because it's a good one. And number ten, New Belgium Fat Tire, solid beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would take that one. Just about any time. Um, some alternatives for that one. The Bell's Amber Ale. Uh, the Trogue's Hopback. Sierra Nevada's Flipside. And the Lagunitas Censored. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not a big Amber Ale fan. Uh, I do enjoy... I, I went through a phase where I didn't like... I, I, where I liked New Belgium Fat Tire, then I didn't like it, and then I liked it again. So I, I'm back on the, the boat of liking the Fat Tire. 
But of this list, my favorite beer is Lagunitas Censored, which is a copper ale, which is a red ale. So it's a little bit on the more hoppier side. I'll tell you what, again, another sellout brewery, but man, uh, Lagunitas Censored um, is actually the very first beer that I had from Lagunitas back in, in 2003 or four, whenever it was, 2003, I think it was. Uh, and I bought it just because the label had this black tape over it called censored. And you know what? I was like, you know what? If it's, if it's censored, it's gotta be good. And I picked up a six pack and fell in love with it like right away. So that was my intro to Lagunitas back when Lagunitas in my, you know, was a great brewery. Uh, I think they've kind of fallen off, uh, you know, since then, you know, back sure. when they were, you know, if you listen to the show again, you'll see that I'm all in the Lagunitas early on and six years ago, I'm all into them. And then in the last few years, I've fallen off because they, you know, it's just not the same, uh, as it was back when they were, uh, when they were a smaller brewery for sure. But, yeah. but yeah, yeah, that one's a good one. Okay, well, we made it through the list. So thank you, Eric, for sharing that list. And I hope our listeners will go and visit this link on our show notes, uh, learn more about these styles, and go try these beers. And, hey, provide us some feedback on what you thought. Hey, were we wrong? Were we totally wrong about our uh, enjoyment of these beers? Let us know. All right, and if you have any listener questions or feedback for the show, you can do that in many different ways. You can contact the show with with your comments or questions through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or uh, just write us on Twitter at tapthecraft. And, of course, feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. Uh, you know, go ahead and like us, follow us, and, uh, you know, write to us and, and, and uh, post uh, comments to our show, show notes and posts and stuff. Whatever you want, just be interactive. We love the interaction. And, of course, uh, we do have a voicemail line. We don't. We haven't been seeing very many voicemails in the last couple months. Uh, remember, if you leave a voicemail, I will send you a Tap the Craft limited limited uh, collection sticker. There's only a few of them left. So, hey, if you want a sticker, I recommend that you leave us a voicemail. And you can do that by calling 208-536-3359. Or if it's easier for you to remember, then do 208-53-ODDLY. Just put that in your speed dial so whenever you are listening to us and want to make a comment or whatever, you can easily just pick your phone up and hit tap to craft and leave us a voicemail. And if you do that, I will send you some stickers as a thank you. And we want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show and providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And we invite you to check out the other shows on the network. All right. Well, now it's time for the Brew Buzz, and the Brew Buzz devoted to discussing various beerly topics. And this week, we are going to, once again, do our part two to our Brewer's Yeast conversation. Uh, and and we, in the first part, we talked about, uh, you know what? I forgot what we talked about. What did we talk about, Chris? You remember? <laughs> <laughs> we talked about uh, characteristics of the yeast and we, uh, we selecting the yeast. About- Yeast and yeast, yeah, yeah, and how yeast is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we gave you an intro uh, into the yeast. Yeah. Now we're going to go deeper into the nutritional requirements. Requirements. So, so look. So previously we talked about there are a ton of different varieties of yeast, mm-hmm. um, 
and it used to be that there were just two types, you know, the top fermenting and the bottom fermenting. Uh, we discussed a little bit about ale yeast, lager yeast, how breweries select their yeasts. Yep. Um, we talked about flocculation because that's just a fun word to yes. say. Yes. Um, attenuation. Um, we talked a lot, even mutation of yeast in the, in the, and the life cycle. So when, you know, yeah. when yeast makes sweet, sweet love and <laughs> growing grow your beer. All right. Well, now, now we got to go into how to keep your yeast healthy, what it needs to thrive in the brewing process, as long, as well as some of the byproducts that this yeast is going to give you. If you treat it well, it's going to treat you well. So we're going to talk about those byproducts also found during the brewing process. Now, mm -hmm. Last show, I pretty much focused most of the that that uh, topic on uh, the brewer's ha the brewer's handbook, the complete book of brewing beer by Ted Goldhammer. Uh, but this week, uh, for the second part, I dove in and got a couple more. I, I used that reference as well as a couple more references. Uh, one is the uh, yeast nutrients make fermentations better by Christopher White, who is a PhD. Also, he's the president and CEO of. White Labs Incorporated. So White Labs is a yeast, uh, pr you know, provider for for beer. Uh, so uh, he he has an article he wrote many many years ago that uh, that talks about uh, the nutri nutritious re nutritional requirements. And so I took some information from there. And also uh, another article, uh, uh, characteristic flavors from yeast. And this is written many years ago by a gentleman called Jim Graham. And it's I found this on his brewing page on his website jstack.org he has a bunch of different things that he has linked to that he likes to talk about and one of the things he likes to talk about is brewing and uh he wrote uh an article for that uh, for his page that's called the characteristic flavors from yeast and uh you know i, I grabbed a, a few tidbits from that too as well so uh again these links will be provided in the show notes if you want to dive in deeper to the to uh, you know the the content of these articles, you can do that. We're going to just briefly talk about it in our not so brief discussion part two. Yeast is one of the most important ingredients in brewing beer. It's responsible for me metabolic processes that produce ethanol, carbon di dioxide, and a whole range of other metabolic byproducts that contribute to the flavor and finish of the beer. So we're going to start off with some yeast nutritional requirements. To grow successfully, yeast requires an adequate supply of nutrients, fermentable carbohydrates, nitrogen sources, vitamins, and minerals for healthy fermentation. These nutrients are naturally present in malted barley or developed by enzymes during the malting and mashing process. So let's go into some of these things we just mentioned, starting off with carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are available for yeast growth in wort as low molecular weight sugars such as the mono, di, and obliosaccharides, sacr <laughs> uh, and they're available for, that are available, available for yeast growth. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should have backed off on some of the beer drinking earlier. Maybe I was a nah, bad idea. No, I, please, I don't even know what you're talking about. It's easy, uh, yeah. such as the mono, di, and ol oligosaccharides. Yes. There we go. Oleo yeah, saccharides. Oligosaccharides. That are available for uh -huh. yeast growth, yes. Polysaccharides are not used by the yeast. The sugars are, in order of concentration, maltose, maltose, maltotriose, glucose, sucrose, and fructose, 
which together constitute 75 to 85 percent of the total extract. The other 15 to 20 percent consist of non-fermentable products such as dextrins, beta-glucans, pentosans, and again, the oligosaccharides. Oligosaccharides. Yes, yes. All right. <laughs> On that note, Chris, why don't you take over for me? So it's my turn. Look, none of my stuff has very difficult thing. Oh, yeah, maybe a little bit. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about nitrogen. And nitrogen is available for yeast growth in wort as amino acids peptides, and ammonium salts. These are all easy words to say, Dan. Yeah, yeah, um, ye- <laughs> Yeast prefers to use ammonium salts, but these are present in wort only in very small amounts. Amino acids and peptides are therefore the most, co- uh, most important wort constituents. Uh, amino acids collectively referred to as free amino nitrogen, or FAN, are the principal nitrogen source in wort and are are an essential component of yeast nutrition. It is the amino acids that the yeast cells use to synthesize more amino acids and in turn to synthesize proteins. Wow, they do a lot with just some some nitrogen. (laughs) And then we're going to move into some vitamins, and vitamins such as biotin, pantothenic acid, thiamine, which are all B vitamins, by the way, Mm -hmm, and and inositol, inositol are essential for enzyme function and yeast growth. Biotin is obtained from malt during mashing and is involved in carboxylation of pyruvic acid, nucleic synthesis, protein synthesis, and synthesis of fatty acids. Biotin is a water-soluble vitamin, B6, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, um, is a water-soluble vitamin that's a part of the vitamin B family. It's also known as vitamin H. Mm, Yeah, Yeah, I threw that in there just for some some knowledge. (laughs) Just just for shits and giggles, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. All right. (laughs) Biotin deficiencies will result in yeast and high... And yeast with high death rates. Yeah. Who would have oh, known? Yeah. You need to have a lot of biotin in there to keep that yeast healthy and not die off. I had no idea. See? So we're learning that's stuff. Why, that's why people like like Haley over at Jim Dandy handles all this and yeah. not you and I. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it makes me wonder that, you know, do, do good brewers have, with a with a lab are they testing for all these different things in the wart to make sure that that, that it has enough of it for the yeast to be happy? I want to know. I want to know if Haley is actually uh, doing this or it, are they doing it in a method that they they believe that if it's done this way that it should already have that stuff in there and be healthy, right? They're making a lot of assumptions. I don't know. I want to know. That's why I wanted to have her on the show to talk about it exactly what they do to measure these things, make sure that their health, their yeast stay healthy and don't die off. Okay. Let's talk about, know. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I, I was just going to me hopes that they are, mm-hmm. but there's another part of me that just goes, no, we've been doing it this way for so long yeah. and there's been success over and over and over again. So we're not really going to worry about That's it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. If they know that they're adding uh, so many, uh, additives to the water, right? To you know, they're 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 taking their water and they're adding, you know, they're you know cleaning it up, and then they're adding their own minerals and nutrients into the water. Then they already know that that stuff is in there, and then when it when it reacts with the 
with the barley, malted barley, it's going to just make sure that there's more of that in there. And I mean, I'm sure that's what they're doing, right? They already, you know, they're adding the stuff in there to make sure it's there's plenty for it to to thrive without having to do too many tests. Okay, well, let's talk about some of the minerals that yeast needs to thrive in the wort. So yeast are unable to grow unless provided with a source of a number of, of minerals. These minerals include phosphate, potassium, calcium, magnesium, sulfur, and of course, some trace elements. Phosphate is involved in energy cons conservation and is necessary for rapid yeast growth and is part of many organic compounds in the yeast cell. Potassium ions are necessary for the uptake of phosphate. Potassium has many functions within the cell and can represent up to 2% of the dry cell weight of yeast cells. Very high for, for a mineral, almost, or most are under 0.1%. So potassium is like pretty heavy in there, right? 2% inside the yeast cells where, you know, there's only a fraction of that in most of, of the other minerals. So. Uh, calcium is important for yeast flocculation. We already talked about flocculation. Uh, it's a very fun word to talk about, uh, <laughs> but it is not thought to be required for yeast growth and fermentation. Calcium salts are sometimes added to fermentations to improve flocculation. All right. Good, good to know. If magnesium is absent, yeast cannot grow. Its most important role is being directly involved in the ATP synthesis, the form of energy used within cells, which is, I kind of looked that up, and it's uh, adosine triphosphate, which is also short for, ATP is short for, uh, is energy currency of life. ATP is a high energy molecule found in every cell. Its job is to store and supply the cell with needed energy. A little extra science there for you. <laughs> <laughs> if magnesium is limited, yeast are forced to produce compounds that can compensate for some of its other functions. Magnesium also plays a role in preventing cell death when the concentration of ethanol builds up within the cell and also has been shown to improve the cell's ability to withstand stress. Now, that's a key right there, right? If the, the more ability that the yeast is able to handle the stress, the less of the, well, we're going to talk about, and, you know, in the next section of those uh, byproducts, those negative byproducts will be produced. So it's good to keep those yeasts less stressed. Uh, well, I mean, that even works for, for us Yeah. in uh, <clears throat> in dealing with stress, too. So uh, if they make like um, we we sometimes will drink a supplement called Calm oh. that has magnesium in it that helps your body deal with stress. Oh, all right. So, you know what? Magnesium is good for yeast and people. It's very good for muscle function, too. Um, next on the list, zinc. The most important trace element is zinc. And at least uh, 0.1 to 0.15 milligrams per liter should be present in the wort. Zinc assists in protein synthesis in yeast cells and controls their nucleic acid and carbohydrate metabolism. Zinc is important in the cell cycle or reproduction mm. and a cofactor for alcohol dehydrogenase. 
to the enzyme responsible for alcohol production. Oh yeah. That's an important, yeah. that's an important, uh, <laughs> important cofactor. We keep that thing happy. Uh, adding zinc supplements into brewer's warts generally has the effect of speeding up fermentation as well as preventing stuck fermentations. Mm. So you can speed it up just by adding zinc to it, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Noted. <laughs> uh, fermentations are accelerated. Oh, they even give you the the notes on how to do it. Uh, fermentations are accelerated by adding 0.2 to 0.3 milligrams per liter of zinc chloride to the wort. Now, John, when you hear this, I would like for you to tell me all the bad things that could happen from doing that <laughs> just to speed up my fermentation. <laughs> Well, you go right ahead and text me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it doesn't say what size. I I mean, is that? Uh, oh, is that? Uh, it's milligrams, milligrams per, per liter. liter. So you got to calculate how many liters in. Cause this is course is five uh, gallon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you could do What's this. There, Thirty. You could do this. Yeah, yeah. Alexa, how many liters are in five gallons? There you go. Oh. Oh. Okay. So just times that by eighteen. Good to go. 18.9, we're good to go. <laughs> All right. Now we know what we can uh, We can really get this uh, fermentation. Now, you don't want it to make sure it's got good venting. You don't want to blow that, uh, you know, blow that ward up. So, Well, the fun part is, is and I did this by mistake. Um, so I have a big chest freezer that I temperature control when I do ferment my wort. Mm -hmm. And if you ever, like, reach down into the chest freezer to pull something out, don't inhale way too much because <laughs> it'll get you really lightheaded. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Too it's, much carbon dioxide? <laughs> yeah, way too much carbon dioxide. Um, I reached in there to like start searching for, oh, where's this beer? I know I have this beer. Something feels wrong. And you fell to the ground. <laughs> and I just kind of Three hours I stood later, back you up. wake up. <laughs> yeah, I stood back up and I went, oh, wait, wait, what's wrong? What's going on? Oh, there is carbon dioxide just pouring out of that bucket right now. Yeah, it's, um, and because I believe carbon dioxide is heavier than, is kind of more dense than the air that we breathe. Yeah, it kind yeah. of falls to the bottom. So yeah. you're out in there stirring up the CO2 in the bottom of your beer cooler. And it's gonna, it, it hit me a couple times okay. when I've done it. So maybe you need to, to bring that line outside of the cooler so it, you don't have to, you don't nah. take a chance. You like the risk? Well, that's, well, no, that's the fermentation process. That's the process of brewing the beer. And you know what? It's worth it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just, just drill a hole in the bottom of your uh, chest freezer so it just lets it out. <laughs> nah, we'll be responsible. <laughs> You're adding to the, uh, the global warming. Yeah. Yeah. CO2. You know what? I'll put a plant in there. That's actually, we'll that's it. You know, I was just thinking that. I'm like, actually, you're helping the environment by producing yeah. more CO2 for the plants yeah. to thrive on. So, yeah, put you a ever plant notice in how, there. You ever notice how green everything is here in Florida? Yeah. Just yeah. It's <laughs> all that beer you're brewing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, excellent. All right. So, those are the nutritional requirements of yeast. Who knew? Uh, now you know. We just taught you. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. This, what this has taught me by researching this is that, wow, I did, I had no idea that the, uh, minerals and nutrients were so important in, you know, in the brewing process for this yeast. And now I know how important it is. Um, you don't want to just take, uh, you know, osmos 
osmosis water and throw it in your in your wort and cook it up because not only is it going to take away the flavors that you might be getting uh, by having plain water, but also you're, it's not going to be providing some extra nutrients and minerals that that uh, that yeast needs to really thrive and give off again some of those those uh, byproducts we're going to talk about right now uh, to give you that good flavor. So don't skimp on the water. Go ahead and you can get your reverse osmosis water in there, but make sure you add minerals to that water to make sure your, your wort's going to be healthy for the yeast. All right, let's talk about some yeast byproducts. The flavor and aroma of beer is very complex, being derived from a vast array of components that arise from a number of sources. Not only do malts, hops, and water have an impact on flavor, so does the synthesis of yeast, which forms byproducts during the fermentation and conditioning. The most notable of these byproducts are ethanol and carbon dioxide, which we just talked about. <laughs> but in addition, a large number of other flavor compounds, such as esters, high alcohols, and acids are produced, all of which contribute to the taste, aroma, and characteristics of the beer. So here we go. Let's dive into this. I'll start it off with the esters. Esters are considered the most important aroma compounds in beers. They make up the largest family of beer aroma compounds in the general and in general impart a fruity character to the beer. Esters are more desirable in ales and in some dark ales and amber lagers. Lower levels are preferred in pale lagers. So there's some esters. So esters are very important in that in that uh, aroma category, uh, especially in in uh, ales and dark lagers. All right, Chris, why don't you carry on with some other byproducts? Some other byproducts you might find are diacetyl and 2.3 pentandione. Uh, and those are classified as ketones. Yeah. That's a fun word to say, ketones. Yeah. Uh, they're, Im they're important contributions to beer flavors and aroma. Often these two ketones are grouped and reported as the vicinal diketone or VDK content of beer which is the prime. I just want to drink beer. This is a lot of information. <laughs> I'm making you thirsty. You know what? God bless you, brewers <laughs> and yeast people. Uh, anyway, move on to the next, uh, to the rest of it. Uh, where was I? Uh, <clears throat> uh, the VDK content of beer, which is the primary flavor in differentiating aged beer from green beer. Yeah. Um, one of the two, diacetyl is more significant because it's produced in larger amounts and has a higher flavor impact than the two, three, that thing. Pentandione. I put the pronunciation up there for the you. The phonetics in there are yeah. fantastic. Yeah. That was very helpful. <laughs> um, a buttery or butterscotch flavor usually indicates the presence of diacetyl, which two, three, pentandione has more of a honey flavor. Oh, I like the honey flavor, mm -hmm. though. Uh, diacetyl is not only produced by the yeast, but also removed by the yeast later in the fermentation process. Yeah, this is uh, important. This is, uh, you know, this is where I think some of the problems come when you have diacetyl flavor, too much of it in your beer. Okay, continue on. All right. So how much diacetyl is produced and how much is later removed is highly dependent on the type of yeast used and how it's handled. Diacetyl production and reduction are also dependent on temperature. At higher temperatures, more diacetyl is produced by the yeast than at lower temperatures. Likewise, 
the reduction of diacetyl is greater at higher temperatures. This is, in fact, the reason for the diacetyl rest when fermenting lager beers. Near the end of fermentation, the temperature is raised from 50 uh, to 58 to right around 68 for a few days to allow the yeast to reduce the diacetyl levels. Yeah, so interesting, right? I and this is this I think this is the part two twofold where breweries run into problems with diacetyl in their beer. One is their yeast is too stressed out to handle the uh you know the removal of the diacetyl one two maybe they aren't going through and doing this rest period where they go ahead and raise that temperature up uh and let the let let the the yeast go and eat away at that diacetyl at a higher rate to remove it out of the beer flavor and then let it rest to uh to settle out uh before they release the beer to production you know that those two factors i think probably are the two that 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 are the highest in the reasons why unwanted diacetyl flavor can be in some of your your beers, especially the lager beers that is what I taste the most of it in, which I mm-hmm. very sad because I don't like that that buttery butterscotch flavor. Uh, really, I'm really sensitive to it, and once I taste it, I can't not taste it in a beer. So it's <laughs> kind of sticks to your yeah, palate. Yeah, huh? yeah, it really does. All right, let me continue on again with the. Uh, uh, acetaldehyde. I think I got acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde. Whatever it is. Acetaldehyde. Uh, okay, that, as Chris said, <laughs> there are many flavor-active acetaldehydes <laughs> present in, present in beer that are formed at various stages of the brewing process. They are produced by oxidation of alcohols and various fatty substances. Acetaldehyde. Whatever. Hydroblada. Levels yep, <laughs> peak during the early to mid stages of primary fermentation or immediately after uh, Krausing, Krausening, then decreased in concentration. All right. Wow, that, that one I should have just left out because I, or should have gave it to you. I should have just added, how'd you do that one? Because you're much better at that. I think you one. nailed it. Okay. Uh, the cra- Krausening, I, that would go with that. All right. Well, let me talk about something I know about. Organic and inorganic sulfur volatiles. <laughs> <laughs> Sulfur-containing compounds in beer arise from organic sulfur-containing compounds such as uh, some amino acids and vitamins. They're also formed from inorganic wort cons- uh, constituents such as hydrogen sulfide, uh, dimethyl sulfide, and sulfide di- sulfur dioxide. And thiols make significant contributions to beer flavor. When present in small concentrations, sulfur compounds may be acceptable or even desirable. And they, they give an example of Bertinelles. Uh, but in excess, they give rise to unpleasant and off flavors, which are similar to rotten egg flavors. So, um, and again, I think in the last episode, we mentioned that one of the byproducts or, uh, of, uh, or characteristics you can get from the yeast is, of course, the sulfur. And... Some beers, when you first open them, they may give off a little bit of a sulfur flavor, like some lagers do. But if you let it rest, that sulfur will quickly uh, leave the beer, and then you you know once it leaves, it's gone, and then the beer tastes normal. Uh, but again, that's only if you're going to have these in small amounts, not in big, massive amounts, would definitely cause some problems. 
All right, Chris, continue on. Next on the list is dimethyl sulfide. It's another major compound responsible for sulfury flavors in beer is dimethyl sulfide or DMS, which is is a desirable flavor component in lager beer, but not in ales. Dimethyl sulfide in lagers will lead to a malty or sulfury note. The taste threshold for DMS is considered to be from 50 to 60 micrograms per liter. That's what I just learned. Mm-hmm. What that symbol is. <laughs> What's that called again? A mu. A mu. Yeah. All right. <laughs> if the concentrations are too high, it has a relatively ad- objectionable vegetal taste and aroma, often described as cooked sweet corn or cabbage-like. Not something I want with my beer. <laughs> the majority of DMS found in beer is from malted barley, with lager malts being particularly high in DMS precursors, up to 40 times higher than some ale malts. Wow, I didn't know there was ale malt and lager malt. Mm-hmm. And learning something new all over this article. Uh, excessive DMS is normally the result of inadequate boiling of the wort or boiling with the brew kettle completely covered, thus preventing the DMS to be from being boiled off. Yeah, interesting. DMS, yeah, DMS can also be produced by bacterial activity in the wort if the yeast fails to take off quickly enough. There are so many factors Mm -hmm. in making delicious, delicious beer. Yeah. Uh, This is one of the many reasons relating to bacterial activity to pitch the proper amount of good, healthy yeast. Yeah. All right. Fusel alcohols. Fusel alcohols are a group of byproducts that are sometimes called higher alcohols. They contribute directly to beer flavor, but are also important because of their involvement in ester formation. Fusel alcohols have stronger have strong flavors, producing an alcoholic or solvent-like aroma. They are known to have a warming effect on the palate. I had some of those tonight. <laughs> um, about eighty percent of fusel alcohols are formed during primary fermentation. The yeast strain is very important, with some being able to produce up to three times as much fusel alcohol as others. Ale strains generally produce more fusel alcohols than lager strains. Good job. Oh, so you didn't realize how complicated brewing was because you've just been making good beer by chance, right? Uh, no, I, I, consider, <laughs> I consider that more talent than okay, anything. Okay. But sure, some people might call it chance. I just call it following directions. <laughs> Okay, that's good. That's good. Follow directions. All right. Well, let's talk about some organic acids. The most important organic acids found in beer are uh, acetic, 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 acetic. Yeah, acetic, citric, Vinegar. lactic, <laughs> malic, uh, peruvic, and succinic. Succinic. I don't know that that one. I'm stuck on succinic. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say succinic. All right, they (laughs) they confer a sour or salty taste to beers. Some of these organic acids are derived from malt and are present at low levels in wort, with their concentrations increasing during the fermentation. Fatty acids. Fatty acids are minor uh, constituents of wort and increase in concentration during fermentation and maturation. They give rise to goaty, soapy, or fatty flavors and can cause a decrease in beer foam stability. 
yeah, soapy. Uh, it's interesting because I've had some beers that have that soapy uh, character to it. And so it's interesting that it comes from those fatty acids. Nitrogen compounds. Yeast also excretes some nitrogen compounds during fermentation and maturation as amino acids and lower peptides, which contribute to the rounding of the taste and an increase in palate fullness. Woo. Wow, Chris, that was quite the topic. Deep dive into science behind yeast. Uh, I think that now everyone should be able to go and uh, get their master's or PhD now on yeast. It's the know. tap the craft doctorate yeah, over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just just send your uh, your forms to me. I'll sign back and give you full credit, so you can I'll submit to your college. For you. <laughs> yeah, I'll print one out, put our logo on it. Yeah, uh, you'll yeah. be a doctor of yeast flocculation. Yeah, yeah. You'll be the flock doc, flock doctor, <laughs> flock doc. <laughs> oh, all right, Chris. Any anything else you want to mention about yeast? I know I know you're an expert on it. Um, other than pronouncing a lot of the fun words and about it, I had no idea that there was so much that went into it. Yeah. Um, and I should have known better. Honestly, you know, there, there comes a lot of chemistry that goes into the beer that we drink and we never really take into consideration everything that might go into it, whether there, you know, there has to be enough, uh, B6 or biotin in our beer or the, maybe the, the yeast doesn't live mm -hmm. yeah right yeah. uh or you know if you wow that's all i'm going to say no. I, I i honestly i didn't get the chance to read through this information before you and i read through it but man there's a lot and that i'm sure this is probably maybe you know a tenth of what goes into the process of brewing and testing yeast and, and making sure it's happy and producing alcohol and carbon dioxide for us yeah yeah no i I read through this uh, at least three times, and I still had trouble reading through it tonight. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a little complicated, and there's a lot of big words in there. And I uh, I think when I'm not drinking and I'm reading, I have a, a better chance of pronouncing them correctly. But once I start drinking, yeah, it's out the door. I I'm not going. Yeah, I'm not going to get the, the words right, and it's okay. It makes it fun. Yep. Okay, I'm sure Chris. Probably some bloopers in there that are going to be just. Wonderful I'm just going to leave Thursday. them. I'm just yeah. going to leave them in and let really? people laugh. Yeah, let's let, let, them, let them laugh while we do it. That's what makes it fun, right? I agree. Yeah, yeah, so. I learned about a mew today. A mew, yeah. Yeah. All right, Chris. Uh, you know what? Uh, we're going to get done at an hour and a half, which is, well, a little bit over an hour and a half, which is right on schedule. I thought we were going to be going at least two hours, but we were able to pound through that yeast topic. Uh, but before we close it up for the night, let's go ahead and uh, – uh, give an opportunity to, to, to raise a glass to some people like to raise a glass to. So who would you like to raise a glass to tonight? So I would like to raise a glass to my wife, Megan. Uh, we, on June 12th, uh, we celebrated our 16-year anniversary. So cheers to you. Happy anniversary, Megan. Uh, we went out to Three Bulls and mm. uh, celebrated our anniversary. Uh, so... Happy anniversary to you. Um, she told me I could buy a gun. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. She said, and I have it on video, she said, buy it for us. Wow. Wow. What yeah. are you going to get? I don't know. I might go um, add a rifle to the collection. I'm not sure. Oh. Oh. A rifle, huh? Yeah. Nice. Might as well. Might oh, as well. 
Well, congratulations, Chris, to you and Megan. 16 years is nothing to uh, sneeze about. That's a, a great accomplishment. And I, I hope that you have at least 50 more years or, or longer uh, to celebrate. So that'd be fantastic. Maybe maybe you'll get to 80. 80? Yeah. yeah. I mean, her grandparents made it to about 64. Nice. So Nice. Nice. I'm just hoping yeah. to make it to, to 50 years with Sarah and I. I mean, I'm at 31 this year. will be 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can make it 19, I'll be happy. <laughs> I hope I make it longer, but I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for at least that. I got, I got, I got that goal. And then if I make it there, I'll raise it to another 20. Maybe, maybe I if get lucky. she lets you. Yeah. If she lets me. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Now, now, Chris, you're, this is the weekend uh, coming up that you're going to be going to Oklahoma. Is that still trip still on? That is still on. Okay. I was talking to Buck Buchanan today uh, about uh, hopefully getting some beer in my hands too. Okay. So, okay. I want you guys to have that. a – Actually, I was going to say when the show releases, the day the show releases is the day I fly down there or over there or wherever I'm headed. All right. All right. I can't wait to uh, hear about it on our next episode. So I – you, so we need to add our uh, our uh, event, you know, events or whatever section back because now you have something to talk about. Beer yeah, <laughs> uh, I hope so. And it's the down the downside to it um, is that we don't. I don't a hundred percent know the the kind of the itinerary. I'm very much when I go somewhere, I want to know like, hey, on Monday we're doing this. On mm-hmm. Tuesday we're doing this. On I I have no I have no idea. I really don't. Um, and I told Buck, I said, look, man, I, uh, I'd love to hook up with you, get you some, get some beer from you, see what that looks like. Um, I don't, I don't know what that's all going to look like, um, for me even traveling. So we oh, shall man. see. Look, well, put your foot I down, to, put your foot down and say, Hey, we're making a pit stop on the way through town. Look, I fly into Oklahoma city. Um, and I'm. I'm good with that. We'll figure it out somehow or another. Uh, Buck, bear with me. You might have to drink a little bit more. But, Denny, I have one more thing Yeah. before we move on to yeah. you. I want to wish you a happy birthday on Friday. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one one year older. I made it one more one year closer to retirement. I'm so excited. Uh, so cheers to you, my friend. Happy birthday. Happy 51 years. To yeah, you. 51. Uh, Man, I made it. But. But for your buddy, 51 in, what, three or four in days? Four days, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so cheers <laughs> to you, man. Congrats. Uh, happy birthday. Well, well, thank you. Well, that leads me right into my cheers. I want to raise a glass to our friend Amanda, who also shares. She's my birthday buddy. We share a birthday together on June 19th. So everyone raise a glass to Amanda and wish her a happy birthday on Friday, the day after this podcast airs. Uh, she would love to hear from you on Facebook or on Twitter. She's on both, uh, and on Instagram, I think too. So go, go, go raise a glass to her. Happy birthday, Amanda. Uh, I hope you have a fantastic day. And, uh, I also, you know, again, being a former serviceman, I always want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the United States military services, protecting our freedoms. I hope that all that, all who are deployed can return home safely to their families. 
And uh, you can find the beers and the links to the articles that I mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at openformio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? So you can find me not on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82, <laughs> or you can find me on Untapped or Instagram at MCK1345. And of course, you can always find us and interact with us on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. All right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. And we ask you to please tell a friend. And of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, and Spotify, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Woohoo! We made it. Oh. We scienced. We scienced. We, we drank. <laughs> we, we drank. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This yeah, is that, a good drinking night. I feel pretty yeah, good. It certainly was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm afraid to re-listen to the show because I'm afraid I'm going to be sound like a a slurring fool. But hey, nah. it's okay. We need a good slurring episode every so often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, you're not you're not breaking up anymore. Or like it, you would say something and it would speed it up really fast. So you could just catch up on the conversation and then <laughs> then it would. That's me. Normal level out. No, no, no. More than usual. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're okay, okay now. I, I think, think we're, we're okay. I, th I think I th we're good. <laughs> I, I think either my internet was having problems or Google was having problems. Yeah. Either way, we're back. All right. I'm going to pop open another beer on the mic here. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> There's some force behind that. Yeah, that was forceful. I mean, I'm in some serious uh, beer drinking. Hopefully, I won't and pass also, out before we're done. Here. Yeah, well, you know, Sarah can come in and hit stop record for That's you. true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pick me up and roll me back in the bed. Yep. All right. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, I don't know what it is. There's something about the, I almost want to say hearing you open a glass bottle is starting to become vintage. <laughs> well, I don't get glass bottles very much anymore. These Deschutes, yeah, yeah, Deschutes is like the the one brewery that I still get bottles. I, they do cans now, but not all their stuff comes in in cans, so I'm forced to get bottles. Uh, for example, Black Butte Porter, uh, mm -hmm. I can't find it in cans. I only find it in bottles. So every time I get a, a six pack, it's coming in, in in the bottles. And I don't know if that's because they're putting those beers into 12 pack samplers and they don't have 12 pack samplers of, of, uh, they only have bottles of their samplers. So I have to put them in the, you know, in the bottles to make everything fit. Um, I'm guessing that might be the, the case because they have boxes yeah. for that. You know, kind of recapping here, yeast is one of the most important ingredients in a brewing in brewing beer responsible for blah 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 blah. <laughs> Let me take a sip. Oh my goodness. Mm. Okay, let's try it again. Okay. 
Um, so before I continue on, I need to find out what I'm about to read because, okay. Okay. I had to make sure what I was reading uh, was... The microgram could, per liter? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah that's, a mu, um, that's a mu symbol. Micro. I was not aware of a mu symbol, so <laughs> just learned something today. All right. On top of Science. It, on, yeah, so... Another major compound responsible for sulfury flavors in beer. Another compound. Oh, okay. Another. <laughs> have another. Have another bottle of wine. Nope. Still good. <laughs> uh, it's gone. 